Hello and welcome to The Ball Bikes, a weekly podcast breaking down all the news from the United Rugby Championship, the NFL, the English Premier League, the NBA and the wide world of sport. Hello and welcome to episode 4, season 1 of The Ball Bikes. I'm joined with the full complement of the bottom feeder athletes. How are you, mate? How are you, Dog boys? Glad to be back. And, of course, after a, a week uh, in absence, we're joined again by the coach. He's going to give us a positive intro this week instead of his, I'm okay. Um, yeah, thanks for the call during the holiday. I know you were trying to obviously record last week's pod and decided to ring me at the dinner table and include me in the in the chat. That was nice of you. Thanks. Yeah, you did have to answer, mate. Um, anyway... <laughs> We're allowed to get through this week, so it was another brilliant weekend of sports, so we're going to have the bottom feeder athletes take on the NFL, the coaches take on the English Premier League, and then it'll be kind of my sort of take on the United Rugby Championship. In addition to, obviously, have you seen this, and the player of the weekend. We're going with a slightly different format to the player of the weekend. We're going to kind of try and fight our case for our individual player of the weekend that was posted to the social media over the course of the weekend. So... Without much further ado, the bottom feeder athlete, who was your player of the weekend and why? So I kind of went with the old boring pick of uh, Mahomes is back, but I think the Chiefs needed that win. Don't, 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 don't lie. You woke up and you chose violence. I did. Yeah. Said, I do. I know an day. Eagles fan. Yeah. I know an yeah, Eagles yeah. fan. Um, look, he five touchdowns. It's very hard, like, not to be the best player in the league when you have five touchdowns, isn't it? Like, yeah. He was back. He's back to his. Not that he was playing really badly, but he's had a couple of really kind of weird picks. Um, and I know he threw one yesterday as well, or sorry, on Sunday night. But um, yeah, kind of Mahomes, the Chiefs needed a big win there now, especially after the Chargers got a win last night and that division is flying, so they can't lose any more ground now. Coach, it was your player of the weekend? Um, it's and I'll probably touch on that a little bit later. It's hard to look past Mohamed Salah. Um, he's kind of had one of those weekends that has, Jesus, kind of slingshot him again to the top of Premier League. Um, you know, scoring charts and record breaking charts and stuff like that. We'll probably touch on it a little bit later. But I don't know what he did against City on Sunday was pretty incredible. Um, it's not often that you, you, you it's not. Often these days, you want to say, or particularly in, in association football, you want to say that someone single-handedly has done something. But it was that kind of performance, I think, from him on the weekend. So, and it's been consistent this year since the start of the season. So it's hard to look past. I think. Okay, my personal one, and look, it wasn't for stats he brought to the game, or it was kind of more a sentimental pick. But Snyman of Munster, obviously, after the the thirteen months he's had at Munster. To see him come on, carry well, and get on the score sheet, I just kind of thought, you know what? There's a there's a bloke who, who could do with a plug. I'd also just quickly like to give a quick shout out to kind of with a few fans that uh, also recommended some players. Um, Ob number eight recommended Joe Burrow, who obviously was fantastic on Thursday night against the Jags, and then a particular shout out to Rock Ape Sniper, the gentleman who kind of always kind of engages with kind of our stuff on social media. And he had picked out Trevion Diggs, so brother of Stefan, um, who's become a picking machine in, in Dallas. So two NFL ones, I suppose, as well. 
Um, but obviously worthy of a mention. So, gentlemen, who would you find? Who do you think of all, of all the players listed is the player of the weekend in association with our affiliate partners, the Athletic? I think it's very hard to look past Steinman. Like I think that's from a, an all-round performance. The men of Munster had an unbelievable comeback. I don't know if anyone was watching it, but it was a, it was a great game for the neutral. Um, and everything that goes with Steinman and the injuries he had last year. And, and okay, granted, he's what is he the highest paid player down here or whatever? But <laughs> I think he, he has he's owed them, and I think it's just kicking off the kind of um, he's kicking off his repayments here with that with that performance and that try. Happy to go with Snyman, bottom Peter Ratley, or yeah, go on. I'll give you the considering the Eagles lost, you can have it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't like look. Snyman is not as sexy as Mahomes in the pick, is it? But like, look, go on, have it. <laughs> <laughs> and to be fair, I think Sal is going to get picked a few weeks, but it looks of it. Oh jeez, he's unbelievable. He's going to be in contention in a few weeks. So look, Snyman's week to shine. Yeah, it's just him. giving him a pity pick like this week. <laughs> <laughs> it probably is. It probably is. Um, but look, I just thought, yeah. No, look, sentimental value alone. Sometimes certain things are bigger than sport. But anyway, kicking off. I've seen another week, week four of the NFL. So bottom feeder athlete is going to volley back at some of my um, questions directed in his direction. To kick it off. We would be remiss to not obviously bring up the return of Tom to Foxborough. So, although the performance probably wasn't there, um, Tom has now completed the NFL. He's beaten every side. But has he at this stage... Jesus, very unprofessional. Where's Roy Keane? Has he now at, the, has he now at this the stage usurped Tiger, LeBron, Jordan, Serena, et al. as sports greatest of all time? I had a big debate about this in my own head, and it was like, I'd say that went on a while. It did, yeah, it did. Like, <laughs> and when you when you get like rid of the butterflies and all the all the bad thoughts that we having, um, it was like he's definitely the greatest American sportsman, isn't he? Really, like I think, apart from like the only person I could see kind of challenge him now is if Tiger made some miraculous comeback and won even just a regular PGA event. I don't think LeBron is even close to him. And like obviously Jordan has his own his own thing as he's the greatest basketball player to ever live. Um if it was a more global sport, I don't know if I would agree with him being the greatest sportsman of all time, but I've kinda settled on he's definitely like the best North American sportsman of all time. Perfect, perfect. I'll come back to you throughout the series about Jordan versus LeBron. Anyway, uh <laughs> Following on from last week's debate, you were definitely one of those people who only made that opinion when you seen the last dance during lockdown one. That and after watching Tiger King, a mullet and an eyebrow piercing, brilliant look for you. <laughs> no, I'm not having that. I, 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 I think it's. I think that. I think that is really, really a good, a good point, well made. Um, oh yeah, just to join the bottom and particularly because I don't like this whole thing with you know, the NBA, NFL, and the NHL going, oh, we're champions of the world. You're not. You're not champions of the world. You're champions of one continent. Not even. It's a big continent. The South America, to it's like a big continent. Large. No, look, and I understand, I understand this. I'm just, I, it was just yeah. a general question. Because of 
there comes a time when the achievements you've had, even if it's only in the like, if it's a sport when you played among content, the achievements that you've had, they have to be compared. I think it was quite nice as well. Did you see that the really quick two second hug Bill gave Tom at the end of that game? It was like real awkward, but apparently he spent like twenty minutes plus in the dressing room exactly. in private, exactly. yeah. which was. Um, I'd love to know what they were talking about. Like genuinely. Uh, I wonder was please come back mentioned. Um, Why the fuck did you leave me? <laughs> <laughs> do you think just on the side? Don't you? Do you think that is the last ever appearance of Brady at Foxborough, or uh, like is that even a conversation? Why don't you come back for a season like after Tampa? Like, does he have that in him? As in, what is he now? What age? Forty four. With the way oh, the schedule goes, though, I think he's like he's going to be forty eight before he ever plays. In Foxborough again, if he stays. Oh, sorry, in unless he. Yeah, yeah. So if he goes somewhere else, like, would you bet? Does he go back? Home? Is that possible? Could be. If he becomes a free agent, yeah, of course it is. But I don't think so. The, the only time I think I'll see Tom is if he replaces Belichick's son on the sideline. I don't know if you've seen some of them faces. <laughs> They're kind of doing the rounds on social, my God. Um, you know, for me, Tom Tom is done with Foxborough. Um, is, he done with, is he done with football after Tampa? Yes. So um, this straight into modelling. <laughs> no, I I think to be honest with you, look as much as I bash Tom, he's I think he's he, he is a he's family's huge to Tom, and I think his wife has sacrificed so much for his. Like to be fair, it's not Boston. Like New England is not great to be one of the world's top models. Um, so she has sacrificed an awful lot. Florida obviously is a bit bit better. Um, but I do think it's time to let her kind of go and run her does she have a modeling career still like, she doesn't but she's still one of the most recognizable names in it true. I don't know look to be honest it's not a modeling podcast so question two <laughs> following on from but last it is a model podcast <laughs> sorry just yes. wanted to put that out there <laughs> okay those puns are kind of pushing the demographic up to 40 plus I think um, following on from last week's debate was week four for Sam Darnold and Matt Stafford a fair reflection of where they're at, or was it a rare blip? I think both of them. We'll start with Sam first. I, I watched Sam make some really nice plays. Like he's a really nice habit of breaking these guaranteed would be sacks and making like really nice mm. throws. I think he's in a great spot still. I know mm. he wasn't as good as he'd shown like weeks one to three, but that's the best team they've played as well. Um, and he still made some pretty nice plays and there was a couple of bad sacks he took in there as well and the two interceptions he threw to Trevon Diggs who is an absolute machine of a ball hawk um, mm. the first one was just really bad over the middle and the second one he was just trying to force something on that out route just trying to get back into the game and that effectively just kind of killed it but I think like Matt Rule would be really happy with him if that's the worst game he'll have this year and I think it probably is like his kind of floor he's getting a lot of rushing touchdowns as well Um, I think they're in a good spot I think they could be like the worst wildcard team in the NFC this year and mm, if yep. that's not like for them from where they were last year like to be the worst wildcard team they didn't know what he was going to bring to the table they were just kind of gambling on just the upside and like the potential we'd seen in the Jets um, yeah I don't I'm not worried about him and I'm certainly not worried about Stafford either like the the Cardinals just come out and blitzed him like he didn't give up all those points 
you know that vaunted Rams defense didn't perform this week so I wouldn't be worried about either of them genuinely yeah and just just on Sam Darnold and look maybe it's a biased opinion as, a, as an Eagles fan but I think if McCaffrey's in that game that opens a lot up a lot more and takes a lot more pressure off Sam Darnold against that Cowboys defense he does need to learn how to go out and take that game by the scruff of the neck as well though and in mm. fairness to him he tried and he threw two really bad interceptions but like he's either going to kind of kick on now and dust that off him and, and just get progressively better this year and I think that's well within his limits fair, fair. happy with that question three rookie watch who impressed you and who obviously didn't impress you um, so I know we talked about kind of Micah Parsons a few weeks ago he is an absolute game changer for that Dallas defense and I know obviously Diggs is there behind him as well but like they had nothing and now suddenly he's just he's given them so much speed in in that middle and he's a really nice player like he can do everything for them Um, and another player then is Penny Sewell for the Lions who's had a really kind of rough um start with the preseason they were moving him to right tackle and then you're kind of like why are you moving him to right tackle like he's a left tackle he's an absolute behemoth of a man as well mm. um, but like he got a few particularly nasty pass rushers up in the first few weeks um, and the only one that's really kind of given him absolute bother was Robert Quinn so he's actually played really well when they've just said look we'll move you back we're do you know what I mean and and settle down uh, he's given them he's given Goff a better kind of platform to play off and I know whatever about the, the lines and stuff but like he has actually performed really well Um, and then Justin Fields has obviously kind of had a bit of a better game under that more let's do what you're good at vertical kind of passing game this week as well so those are the three rookies I kind of thought had made a bit of a like Justin Fields just this week like he made a, a steadier impact but the two um, Parsons and, and Sewell have been really good now for the first quarter of their careers mm-hmm. um, just to throw one in there as well I don't know coach if you're else I, I think we would be remiss to not mention Zach Wilson um, in, the, in the Giants obviously. obviously picking up their first win he, he did kind of play he played a good game to be fair to him he made one throw in that game on his 20 yard line on the move and hit it onto the other 20 and that's what yeah. he brings to the table he's so dynamic when for small that, man yeah but like he's got some like he does have moxie about him but like mm. it's the chaos that just kind of embroils New York in general it's just going to drag him down like for every play you get like that like he's got seven interceptions you know it's a, yeah. he needs to learn how to take these kind of five yard seven yard throws keeping them in drives and not relying on you know these massive kind of wristy flicks down the field for 60 yards or whatever and everyone's like oh that's really nice it's like yeah but they're not winning any games with it so it'll be I think his progression is going to be the most interesting because I think he is the most to adjust out of the rest of them Mm, Um, because he's pure like he's very much kind of like raw kind of Mahomes and he comes out as he's pure sandlot like and it's like I can make loads of stuff happen on the random but as if can he 
settle into a a system a bit more and and then take those massive chunk plays when he gets the opportunity to do so. Okay, and and who didn't I suppose impress you? Uh, like Lawrence has obviously been a big disappointment over the course of the four weeks. I'm kind of looking at this kind of over the few weeks, like who settled in really well and who's not. Um, obviously he was much steadier against the Bengals, but it's the Bengals. So, um, I don't think obviously like the Urban Meyer thing and Jacksonville are helping him be the best player he can be at the minute. Like he's such an athlete he can really move they're not doing enough of that with him um, I think they need to kind of be looking at getting him outside the pocket as much as possible and making these easier throws for him instead of just like they've kind of gone full like Peyton Manning with him haven't they like yeah, well, was- you're going to take your lumps this year and really like come good like they really want to make sure they don't break him and did want to hope like mentally like he's actually able for this because he is in for a really rough year by the looks of it now he is now I just caught a clip last night David Carr obviously brought up Derek Carr who was a high high vaunted draft pick and kind of failed in Houston was on uh, Colin Coward and he kind of they were chatting about Trevor Lawrence and what he brought up was a very interesting point and it was like so Trevor Lawrence was in an ex- extremely proficient high school program he obviously the stats have been lobbied around about how, much, how many games he lost or whatever and then he went to Clemson as a guarant- as like a true freshman he won a national college championship and what what David Carr been saying to him is I'm kind of touching this sporadically um, about like being a rookie quarterback drafted high you're kind of in a worse position but he, he his point is said to him was that it wasn't until maybe his third year when he kind of had gone through it all and was probably not long left in the league that Troy Aikman was, was talking to him so like has anyone ever told you that you don't need your team is not ready to win so your job is not to win the game anymore it's just to not lose the game until such a time that the team is ready and I think Jacksonville's kind of in that rebuild and he's trying to win the game and he doesn't have the players to win the game they really don't have the cattle do they like no at all but by the time they do have the cattle, he might be spent. His job is to kind of almost play damage limitations and, and not be spent by the time they have a roster ready to go. Because they'll probably get a few high draft picks again this year. It's just physically if he's going to be able to take the, mm. that beating as well. Like I'm not one to turn around and just question his mental toughness because like he's won a pile of games. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. he he's clearly there's clearly something there. Like we've all seen it if anyone has ever watched him like he makes some special throws but like you're kind of more worried about him physically like he was spoken in the same breath with Andrew Luck but like mm. he could suffer the same fate as well if they're not mm. careful with how like if they get him moving out of pocket more like he can he's going to be able to look after himself a little bit better because he will just hang in there and he's getting drilled at the moment too so um, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see who, whether or not they're going to be able to expand um, the game plan and really kind of what's happened there with the coach and stuff as well. And you know, not That'd to get too much into it, but like it's We're going to have a huge there. impact on them. Yeah. Okay. Um, moving on. So look, obviously we've touched on Cincy. So after an impressive outing on Thursday, has 
Burrow and that combination with Jamar Chase, have they got what it takes to overcome, obviously, decade-long and current dysfunction in Cincy? It's mad, isn't it? Everyone lost their mind over Chase after he had five drops in the preseason. It's like, oh, he can't catch a ball. And then you forget. like Preseason means nothing. Have you seen like Justin Jefferson by any chance, who is yeah. like, balling like... Jamar Chase is the best receiver on that, that LSU team. It wasn't Jefferson, mm. it was Chase. Mm. It was Chase since yeah. he was a freshman. He is a yeah. freak. And Burrow trusts him. And, like, Joe, what do you say about Joe? Like, Joe could ride your girlfriend in the battle and you'd follow him. Like, wouldn't you read him? Like, he's on the, like, he's so smooth. Like, everything he does is just... <laughs> Oh, we're getting cancelled. Um, yeah, he doesn't like he like he doesn't have a huge like he's not this built in a lab quarterback that everyone wants now. He's he like, but he makes some really really good throws with anticipation. Like that's his game, and and if you give him a chance with a couple of minutes, like you kind of feel like he's just gonna drag everything out to just try and get mm. a result. Like he's, I think. Not so much Jamar. Like I think he's he's obviously in a situation there with Burrow, and they're going to be a really good duo for a while. But I think Burrow is is just dragging that whole organization with him. It's like my way or the highway. Um, I don't know about the coach, but I think they're all like from for the first time in how long is Cincinnati just like yeah we're all in on on this guy. Mm. He's just going to take like they're three and good one team. as well. Like do they have any business being? Well, it's him. Like it is him. Like that's the common denominator. Is like he is, and uh, like I don't even think he's nearly at his best either. Like he's still only he he does removed from certain like from his from from his ACL tear. Like how much that, and you look at his college development. It wasn't until like kind of his, his his senior year that he kind of really came through on the college scene, having left the Ohio Buckeyes to go to LSU. I wouldn't be corrected on that. Apparently, is maniacal like. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, I I wraps on on Joe Burrow. Um, hopefully, hopefully though, it's not a disaster in Cincy because they have a tendency to. Yeah. Blow good talent. Let's just put it that way. Um, and finally, just to round this out, with a little bit of speculation. So, Aaron Rodgers and Mike Tomlin kind of shared a, mo- a moment, um, kind of a slightly romantic moment, I think it was, um, on Sunday night. And it started to spark a bit of debate that Rodgers would end up in Pittsburgh come next season. For you, though, where does Rodgers end up next season? Denver, probably, to be honest with you. I, really? Yeah, I get, like, it's... the. <laughs> Broncos kind of have that thing that's like, hey, look, if you're like this top tier quarterback getting ready to go into the sunset, they kind of set that vibe now with Elway and, you know, winning his his title in the last years and then like Peyton obviously going that way. Like, can you see Aaron Rodgers playing in Pittsburgh? Like, in fairness, his game is suited to it because it's cold up there as well and he's obviously Mm. played in Green Bay for a long time. But I think if he was looking at the rosters now and the weapons I would lean I think the Broncos are I think the Broncos are a really good shout with him um, like even if Teddy plays 
you know, to the maximum. I know we were talking on Teddy as well. Like, you know, if you play to the maximum of your ability and stuff, like he, he's still not Aaron Rodgers, you know. And if you're in with a shot to get him, I would be. I I think the Broncos would be the favourites to land him. But I don't know. Like, is there a possibility that like maybe Green Bay can they kiss and make up and just be? It's hard to see it. Happening. I don't know. I don't know. I still think the allure of going home to California could be huge. Um, if I had to put a wild pick out there, a little bit further east, Las Vegas. Oh, they, need, the they need a money quarterback. Derek Carr, look, he, he's admirable, but is he going to get you over the hump? No, if you if you put Aaron Rodgers in Las Vegas, new setup there, it's not a million miles away from California, you can go home. I just think, hmm. Playing the sunshine. Imagine matches matchups of Herbert, Mahomes. I'd rather and not think Rogers. about that. To be honest, like I'd rather he didn't come down there. What about you, coach? Any anyone else just to round this out? Um, I just don't see why. Like Green Bay, it's a bit of a slog. I'd say living there and stuff like that. Like I don't see why he wouldn't go for pastures new and in, in, in a warmer environment. Um, obviously he's got a superstar girlfriend or fiance or whatever she is now as well <sighs> I think you're really honing go... in the modelling this week aren't you yeah, yeah no, really honing in like, really I think he'll end up in, like. I think it's a big city he, he's probably going to go to or a warmer climate like Tom Brady if he wants to elongate his career I think that's probably what he needs um, it, 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 it is on the bones yeah it gets in on the bones yeah it gets under that skin but yeah that's the way I'd see it going and like Denver it's not you know it's Nicky, it's not the Denver point. Broncos. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're a massive South Park fan. But I, yeah, I just think Green Bay is kind of similar to Denver. They struggle with them, with attracting them free agents. And that's kind of something Rodgers has always touched upon in his career is that Green Bay is a hard sell for free agents. New York, Los Angeles, they're easy sells for free agents. And that's kind of what I think it comes back to. But look, we've chatted enough about the NFL. So I'm going to hand you over now to the bottom feeder athlete. He's going to role reversal and he's going to lobby some questions at the coach oh no so um, obviously Jamie Carragher lost his mind after Salah's performance on the weekend um, and even I did in fairness which is hard to, hard to say considering I hate Liverpool but do you agree with Carragher at the minute that Salah might just be the best player in the world right now in form and if it's not Salah um, who do you think is Currently top dog right now. No, it's Salah. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to interject. <laughs> no, look. At this current moment in time, at the end of the day, <laughs> it has to. I, I, it's. It. I don't know how you can look past. Like it's not. It's not Messi anymore. Let's be honest. I'm. I was always a Messi versus Ronaldo person. I, I was always the Messi side of the debate. And now I'm going. Well, if Messi goes to PSG and they don't win anything. Well, this has been even even if if Ronaldo comes out this year with a cup or a record, and Messi comes out with nothing, well, surely Ronaldo balances the scales because arguably he's gone to the t- the tougher league. Um, could, but can, can you go categorically on? say he's better than Mbappe and Haaland though, without a shadow of a doubt? Yeah, the, uh, I think you can. Like for the level that they're playing, I think you can. I'm I'm not convinced that. Uh, Hallam does the same thing in the Premier League every week. I think he, he would. He's an absolute. And this is my fear. I think he goes a little fear. bit more, more like Lukaku. Like, okay, yeah, he's gonna be a goal scorer. He's not gonna go out and get, you know, 
40 goals a season but my big fear is like not that we overvalue the premiership but we overvalue the gap between the premiership and all other leagues like yeah obviously the premiership is that little bit better but it's I don't think it's as big as we kind of try to make it out no it's not but I think it's more you have more competitive games like yeah, fair, you fair, fair. yeah definitely you definitely very valid, 100% very valid, very valid, very valid. 100% let Even me lobby Germany, outside your top 5 6 teams are you getting competitive games probably not in France it's probably less so outside the let, top 4 let me lobby you're going to get obviously you're going to get your one blooper a, se- a couple of bloopers a season but it's not like it's not as competitive as the premier league well let me lobby a question for you just a quick question and then I'm gone go on lobby it and we'll see how we get on how can you be the best player in the world if you're not the most important player in your team if Salah's out injured for the next six months, Liverpool challenge for yes. the title. If Van Dijk's not, you don't. Fact. We've seen it last year. So how big can you be the best player in the world? Big right now, huh? So, hold on a second. See, if you take Mbappe out of PSG, you think they're not going to challenge for the league? I think they will. They're going to walk it, even without Mbappe. You could take out Mbappe and Messi yeah, and but still walk it. But what about the Premier League then? Well, that's not, that's not, that's not what you lobbied. It is. I love it. How can it be the most important if, if player? You take, if you take Haaland, if you take if you take Haaland out of Dortmund, you think they're not going to be top three, or not not going to? They probably will. Probably will still be top three. Yeah. Oh, I think so he's what's... special, lad. He's so good. Like he just railroads lads as well. He's unbelievable. Like look, 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 look at how far RB Salzburg have fallen since they got rid of Haaland. Okay, Dortmund since they played last game, Augsburg, no Haaland. 1-2-1 as in he didn't score game before that Malin scored game before that they lost 1-0 game before that okay Haaland scored 2 so that's 2 in 4 games but which both came in 1 game before that lost to, or sorry beat Besiktas away okay Haaland scored so he's got 3 in 5 there but then like you look at the quality they lost to Freiburg away like <laughs> Haaland no I'm, I'm score, not saying like, I'm not saying Salah is not one of the best on card form but I'm just, it just it Salah is currently the best, and I'd, in the individual thing, if you put Salah into Haaland's shoes against Dortmund, he's gonna. I think he does better than Salah, or better than Haaland. Why didn't he do it at Chelsea? Why didn't he do it at? He limited at Fiorentina. Uh, maturation. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's funny that there's three people arguing here. There's one Liverpool fan, and the only person screaming he's the best player in the world is. The right, look, if you if say Salah didn't exist and you take him out, who's the best player in the world after that? You're probably going like you can't put your you can't go and say Mbappe because he's just not doing it. Probably for me, but I would probably I'd be looking at Lewandowski. I'd even I'd throw Lukaku out there as up there, definitely top five. Oh, um, that's a reach. But then the problem is that we have this thing of um, recency bias, definitely. Absolutely. Everyone, not not just us three around the, around the mics, but everyone has a recency bias. So if Salah goes and scores the weekend, oh, he's best in the world. If Ronaldo had come on the weekend and, and banged one in, they won the game. <laughs> Guess what our conversation would be about? Like, and Ronaldo didn't. And the thing is, Ronaldo has shown his insecurities and his Im- immature and all this sort of stuff by walking off the pitch. Now, we'll probably talk about that in a little bit. <laughs> the next point... Yeah, so I, that isn't a good. That isn't the best player in the world to me. The best player right. in the world does things for the team, as well. Yeah, all right. Look now, I, if Salah let, starts on the bench in the weekend, let's maybe it'd be a different story. But I don't think you get that. Let's agree because we're not going to have the. It's not the Salah podcast, but let's just agree <laughs> that Salah was the best player in the world last weekend. All right. 
Is that fair enough? That, that that's absolutely fair. This, but even even if you go to the first four games of the season, who's the best player in the world? Four. What are we in? Four. What, how many games are we in now? Six? Seven. 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 Man. So you go to seven, roughly seven across across Europe. Who's the best player that stood out so far? It has to be Salah. Now, we also have this thing. Not only recency bias, we also have attacking bias. We never pick the defensive players or the midfielders that are holding the game together that's, as that's best why players. That's brought in the world. up Van Dijk. Yeah, and I'm sure there's, I, in my opinion, there's a lot more players standing out at centre back and centre midfield at the moment than there is strikers. Hmm. Well, you there. see, the attacking player is the casual fans' pick. Yeah, it's the, the yeah, 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 yeah. It's the, the, the right. Um, right. Come on. Yeah. Next. Just move, moving, <laughs> moving on from that. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave. There's one here I want to leave to last. Uh, what is Watford's ceiling under? Oh yeah, I was planning on a different. You've stitched me up there. You've stitched me up good <laughs> no, and proper. I, I was planning. I was gonna be last. Yeah. He has after. to calm you down to bring you back up again. Yeah, yeah. And just knock you down a bit there. Watford's ceiling under Ranieri. I think it was an incredibly. What's the word I'm looking for? It was daft. way too soon. Daft. It's 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 dafty. Um, I think it was an incredibly daft decision. Like you're you're sitting. We, myself and the Sasquatch were talking about it before we came on air they're sitting 15th in the league 7 from 7 which is uh, you're staying up for them 38 points is usually what you get you get 38 from 38 to draw a game you're staying up they've got 7 from 7 with a reasonably good home form if they kept going with the home form they had I think they might have had 4 away games and 3 home um, but e- either way right? They, I think they have 2 home wins no they had a 4 2 home wins a draw and a loss Like if they kept that form up for the rest of the season they're going to be safe without doubt they're going to be finished about 12th 11th yeah they should have um, been fine really like I can't they were nowhere near you, I, they just got it's them. shocking like it oh, it's it's baffling like I think you look at the teams below like Southampton like Walf Walf Hassenhutl he's in big trouble and no one's really asking saying that like he, he has to be you look at the squad that has got up um, with Watford and, and what they've done like it's baffling. And now you bring in Ranieri. Okay, he's won a league title by luck, maybe. Um, uh, maybe Champions of Destiny, Destiny, to be fair. I don't know if I'd say luck, but I, I see where you're coming from. Yeah, it, it was a it was a blip. It was a blooper. Like, it, yeah. it's, no one's going to do it. Was yeah, an anomaly. Yeah. Like, but I fear that the ceiling is now 15th. I think Watford are playing for 15, 16, 17 now. Like this is a this has turned into a big Sam job. Like this has turned into a we need we're, we're clinging on, but that's what they've portrayed by sacking the manager. Yeah, they've built they've yeah. put pressure on Rayari right now by sacking the manager, in my opinion. So early, yeah. like I don't, I don't get the logic of hiring someone in December twenty twenty to turn your your form around, get you promoted from the championship, and then seven points from seven games is a good is good innings, and then you sack him like that. You kind of wonder was there something like. Did something happen? Is there a personal relationship issue? Maybe I don't know. I don't know, but like I mean, for a club like Watford to, and this is a problem a lot of these clubs have, really, isn't it? You'd nearly be kind of like lads. Let's keep the horses in the stable there for another few games. Do you know, <laughs> don't. But it, it looked like he was. It's huge for them. Like, but like they're just going to be one of those yo-yo clubs now. They go straight up, straight back down, straight up, straight down. Like what they got? Thirteen managers since that ownership group had taken over or something like that that's nuts that's only in the last w- like 
decades. You wonder, you wonder, does an impending international window like make decisions a bit snappier? Like, do they go right if we, if we sack him now, we'll get two weeks or we'll, we'll get a week before? Look, it's 11 days. Ranieri's first game is against Liverpool, like, it's, it's arguably not a great <laughs> start for someone, is it? Like, but that, that's what I mean. If had they left uh, Munoz in for the Liverpool game, right at home, and they lose that when you're going, mm, okay, mate. I, I don't think he should have been under pressure after that if okay we're, we're reading into the future something that's not going to happen but then you go away to Everton and you get zero points let's just say you get zero points you could probably start going mm, maybe then you could start looking but like Liverpool at home and Everton away are two of the harder fixtures you're going to have like but at least then you've got something to kind of go like you're bringing a new manager in now who's, and he's probably going to lose the first two games more than likely mm. the way things are at the moment like it's strange. He could have bought the, the club could have bought himself time by uh, just seeing how those two fixtures went. And he, to be honest with you, I think he probably could have got a point, maybe even two points out of those games if, if they really wanted. Ma- okay, fair. maybe not against Liverpool away, but if they got a point out of those two games, you'd be looking going. He's got eight points from nine games. It's not the worst. Like, and you've played Liverpool at home and Everton away. I know, and I just used that question to to bring it back down, and now I'm going to bring it back up again. <sighs> Top three managers you would replace Oliver at United. Right, one of these. I, I this took me a long time of thinking, and one of these breaks my heart to say, but I might leave him to last. Um, the first one I think that everyone is probably going to, or that would say, is probably Antonio Conte, just because he's on the block, and um, he's available. Would he suit? Arguably not. Um, I, I wouldn't don't, have I think, him personally but anyways, No, no, I, I don't think I think he's too similar to what you had with Mourinho and Van Hal. Um He might get your results but it's not going to be entertaining I don't think I don't think it's going to be entertaining whatsoever um, The next one, I actually have I actually have four to be honest with you The next one is Zidane and the reason I say to Zidane is because he can manage those I think I, was, I wasn't on the pod last week but I thought Ole had a shocker in the past week in terms of, like, he was afraid, I can't remember what game it was, to take Ronaldo off and decided to take McTominay off. Takes McTominay off, which cost him the whole game, like, to bring on another attacker. You take off your defensive midfielder, who's having the best game at your 11 on the pitch, by the way, who's heading the ball, blocking the ball, clearing the ball. You take him off, you lose 1-0 from a header. Like, what do you expect? Um, he He had to be strong there and take off one of the front three, and he didn't. And that started a knock-on effect, and I think now Zidane might—he's obviously managed Ronaldo before and has a good relationship there. But I think he probably has the aura to manage people like Bruno Fernandez, Cavani, the respect possibly as well. Um, and ultimately, Greenwood—if you were to get someone like Zidane and Greenwood—might be the man to miss out a little bit in terms of his um, development, maybe. Because if you're bringing Zidane, you're going to win something. You're not bringing him in to just, let's try and scrape for it. Yeah, that's fair. Zidane would be a nice pick, actually. I'd kind of be all in on that. Um, And then I have two. Uh, the one that's going to break my heart, and I think is the perfect fit for United, if they had the, the bank balance there to do it, is Brendan Rodgers. No. Um, I think he'd be a great fit no, for United. He, no, he'd bring them back. As a Liverpool fan, right, if Klopp gets no, sacked tomorrow, that's fine. <laughs> Let me... He's at his level. He's at his level. That's it. No, 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 no. I think 
as a Liverpool fan, right, if, if Klopp was to drop dead tomorrow, please God, he won't. Because since he stopped wearing the glasses, we're unbeaten. But um, <laughs> I would take I would take Rodgers back in a heartbeat. I think I think he's gained enough from Celtic to Leicester. I think he's brought Leicester to where he's going to bring them. I don't think Leicester can do more than what they're doing now without significant oil money. Which I know they have significant money, but it's not the same. They don't have the audience. They don't have the the catchment area. They don't have any of those things to be a big a bigger club than what they are, in my opinion. So, I think <sighs> Rogers brings that. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? The the drive from within the club that United have missed for years. They've gone too multinational, in my opinion. If that makes sense, too big for the boots, and they've lost their their Busby babes, their Ferguson type of. Um, Hard players, if that makes sense, and I think Rogers is the type of person that always brings that to a club. Nice, Brendan Rogers keeping it domestic. Yeah, my um, argument there would be. I'll go for that. Did you say one more? One, I've one more, but one sass. I'll, I'll tell you the one they're going to end up with. Yeah, I was going to say sass. Rogers. Rogers is to Leicester what Nuno was to Wolves. Oh, that's a bit harsh. I don't know. Do you not, so you, you, you don't think Nuno can he can stretch his legs with, with, with Spurs? Spurs? Spurs, I don't think so. Could he have stretched his legs with United? No, I don't think so either. I just, think I, just think, I just think there's certain managers that find themselves in a perfect fit. Sean Dyche. Yeah. I just think there, there is certain managers that they just... Like, like you look at, say, and this is probably a bad... We look at like when Hull first came up and they had Phil Brown. He never walked anywhere else. You want to go way back, Paul Jewell Wigan, mm. to latter extent maybe going forward back Bradford. But these, there's certain managers just they're 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 landing job. They land in the right spot. It just works. Mm. But but okay, bottom feeder. Would you have taken Nuno when he came available? No, I wouldn't. Not listen. We need like we need a game changer at manager. Like and I've said it. I know I said it to you today, lads. If my bins. We're not taking out properly. I am blaming Solskjaer. Like I do not care. Like he is so bad. But like, and this is my humble opinion, which is also steeped in fact. We are the biggest club in the world, and we deserve a game changer manager. Like that. That wasn't Nuno either. Do you know what I mean? Like it. And it's certainly not. Uh, I don't know what was considered. No, never mind. Well, but yeah, I'll no, tell you like what. It's not, it's not going to be Nuno, anyways. Like so. The way the way United have gone with their peaks and troughs. Well, there's no been no real peaks, I suppose. After well, unless you got Mourinho winning the what was he winning the Worthless Cup? Is that what he won? But um, the only thing um, I'm gonna I'll finish this particular question on is United will end up at Ronald Coleman. Oh, for fuck's sake! Yeah, Coleman leaves Lem- Barca. Xavi comes in in November. Common goes to United. I can throw another wild one in. Just looking at how they're kind of struggling a little bit in the league. Maybe Poch <laughs> isn't long left for PSG. Wild one, look. We'll, we'll leave it at that. Poch to Barca. Maybe. But, I th- but from, what, from what I'm hearing from my sources is that Xavi is <laughs> going to Barca in November. Yeah. He, he is. Um. Next question. Next question. Next question. So, keeping it on the United Jam, uh, after that 
bad result in the weekend. Can the Mary Gray realise his potential everything? Because I thought he was excellent. He was really, really good. Like, And um, he smoked Fred on the ball as well, which is a bit demoralising, considering Fred is <laughs> supposed to be our uh, you know, enforcer. And the Mary Gray just kind of like, good luck to you. He's he's next level, isn't he? I think he's next level, and I'm shocked that he's ever ended up at Everton. I don't know how he hasn't wasn't linked after Leverkusen with someone more the reputable. Money, like it costs nothing. Like it was shocking. Yeah, it's 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 one of those signs that someone like uh, I suppose like Liverpool have been shrewd over the year. Everton were re- that was a really solid sign from them, but I don't think he lasts long there. Like it, the only thing is they'll want big money from now. It's going to be like Rodwell a few years ago. That's what they want from fifty million or something. Uh, Everton are good like that when they when they get a good talent. Um, uh, Everton are good like that when they get a good talent and they kind of nurture it and put the price tag up and, and get rid of them. Um, but yeah, look, I think no, I think I think his potential is going to come at a higher level. Be that in the higher higher table teams, be it a. United or uh, Chelsea, even maybe I could see, or even a city reaching out to get him, um, or, or alternatively, maybe in Spain. Sass, what do you think? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think he's going to reach a potential at Everton for the simple fact that I think he's going to be bought before he hits his ceiling. Yeah, yeah. I, think, well, I don't yeah. even know what age he is at the moment, but he's not old. Um, he's got a lot, lot, lots of years ahead of him. What would we, you be your? Well, I suppose, well, I'll throw out the question um, as the bottom feeder is. Currently left us. <laughs> hey, well, um, early front runner for player of the year. I suppose it's a nice question that finishes off on the uh, yeah. Um, Emmy and Smith Rowe. And next question. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, like everyone's obvious choice. I think is well, not everyone's obvious choice, but the neutral choice probably would be Salah. Um, but I think there's lots of can <sighs> like on. at this moment in time, yes, but. Over can I also throw it what over 38 games maybe not can I also throw out the fact that look Salah was exceptional but a close second for man of the match I think it actually was it was a split man of the match split man of match for Foden. very oddly Foden I, I just think if he gets a run of games the, the thing about City is you almost can't give any of their players player of the year because none of them play enough as in the rotation policy by Pep you don't know who's going to play in the front three from week to week yeah. Um, it's like it, Man City is the worst team to have a player in your fantasy football from because you just don't know if they're going to play. And that's their strength. Is that, like, I've said oh, 100%. Before, I, do, I do think Liverpool have the best starting 11. Yeah, but you pick but up I, one or two knocks. Yeah, and then, like like last year, like, and then they're just gone. Um, I'd assume bottom feeder probably would have said Fred, but <laughs> we'll just have to put it down on the record as Fred because he's not yeah, here as, otherwise. As to. Fred. But I suppose we'll move on. Uh, I think touch that. Uh, He's asked all his questions. I think we're handing it over to you, I think, for a bit of... Yes, sir. Yeah, look, I suppose I wanted to fire a few questions over to the, the URC, and it's... What are we on now? Week Going into week three, I think? Going into week three, yeah. yeah. Um, it has been largely enjoyable from the, the bits that I've seen. Um, Sorry, I just cut off there. But, uh, no, thanks, mate, for interrupting. Let's go. We, 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 um, we put you down for Fred as player of the player of the year. Yeah. Player of the year. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> moving swiftly on. Um, the first round viewing figures um, with the URC surpassed previous viewing records of eight hundred fifty-seven thousand and twenty-seven twenty eighteen, and that was in the Derby weekend. Mm. Um, mm. But 
URC have set a target of 1 million per week um, throughout this campaign and they've they're already above 857,000 do you think um, it can reach the 1 million a week I'm going to I'm going to predicate this that I've probably been over like enthusiastic about this as a concept and stuff like that yeah, you and have, like, yeah, you have, I yeah. have and look I'm comparing it though to what it's been the last few years. Yes, which yes, is which is a substandard project. Like I yeah. think they're doing a few things. They're doing a few things. Well, um, obviously they did free to air, but unlike the Pro 14, the free to air coverage was on TG4 and in Wales S4C, which are native speaking languages. And look, while it shouldn't be an issue, unfortunately it is. And RT always wins um, in terms of viewings and stuff like that. They also have an OTT service, so an over-the-top service, so like your NFL Game Pass, which apparently the Premier League can't factor in for logistical reasons. Um, and then they have your subscription service via, say, a Premier Sports. You're also now bringing in an extra country in South Africa, which is a rugby-mad country. So you're adding all those extra viewers to the table. So I do believe it's possible. I would have slight reservations as to if the numbers in Week 1 and Week 2 were a novelty factor. Um but I, if we can get uh, kind of those those Springbok talents, your your Mornay Stain, your big like if you if you had say for example, Leinster versus the Bulls, Mornay Stain versus Johnny Sexton. That's a watch for people outside of the competing nations. I think you're right. Yeah, but what may have let them down slightly is the international window with South Africa at the moment because as they're visiting teams at the moment and they're in Ireland and stuff like that it's going to get people in the stadiums but also the people that can't get the stadiums they're going to watch and as a result they may that I, I would fear that that might be their peak um, and yeah look absolutely very true um, I'd also preface this by any fixture that had a South African side not was competing but the Springboks played the All Blacks in a, in a kind of a bit of a classic Saturday morning yeah yeah. Like, can you really go from watching a classic to then go and watching a domestic fixture, let's call it that, for argument's sake, in which it's a substandard side to what you're used to seeing, say, in the Super 14? Look, look, I do think they've given themselves the best chance with the model they've gone with of OTT, free-to-air, and on English-speaking channels, as well as, if you, look, it's now more attractive if you're a Sky or an OTV uh, subscriber to just throw on BT Sports and the Premier Sports package as well that makes sense I think, yeah, yeah and I have to hand it to them that I watched Munster on Saturday night in, on Premier TV and I have to say the, the coverage was brilliant the camera it's angles were brilliant improved. the quality was brilliant um, I didn't like the studio I'm not yeah. I was never a fan of Premier Sports studio but other than that everything was it was like watching the international fixture and I'll tell you what they did well it's not on all fixtures or whatever but I went split screen the Cardiff look I call them Cardiff Blues another rebrand the Cardiff Rugby we're playing the Ospreys bit of a Welsh derby look it was a good game um, but Eddie Butler was in commentary and maybe it's people of my era Eddie Butler is Six Nations sexy November international rugby and he just has a voice that just brings me back to my childhood they've, they've managed to pick up good commentators in the British Isles which is which is huge yeah no I agree it was it was. Good. I didn't get to see the games on free to air um, but yeah the Premier Sport one package I had, I found brilliant question two the South African teams have been poor thus far um, does the addition of the box increase their chances massively or at all so 
it's kind of it's a tricky question to answer this okay so I think the box obviously did do improve we're not going to see them until I think it's around five is it around five it's the last COVID, week in last week COVID in pending as well yeah last week in November South Africa's kind of a strange nation in that like not a strange nation they're probably doing it the right way they have a lot of talents spread elsewhere like Faf de Klerk for example plays at sale so they're not getting all these springbacks back you obviously look at like Dialande who's going to go back to Munster do you know what I mean there's plenty of South African talent sprinkled all over the world but I there's a few other things as well like you got to bear in mind the springbacks are out of the case so you've kind of got less experienced players playing for South African sides as a result of those less experienced players not being internationals the majority of them have never actually played in the Northern Hemisphere which is a huge learning curve like look at say the Bulls that played Connacht on Friday night there's a big difference in the sports ground on a rainy wet Friday oh, yeah. evening than there is in playing a lot this various field at altitude and this type of thing so that's a learning playing experience up, playing up the hill as they say yeah it's also refed a little bit differently it shouldn't be but it is um, and then there's also the thing as well that these South African sides COVID hit in March 2020 they didn't play a game outside of South Africa against a non-South African opposition until the Rainbow Cup final and that was just the Bulls against Bennett and Jerisa so there is a lack of playing time in the last 18 months too as well I do think they're going to improve and I think two to three years time this will be up there with your top 14 in France and your English Premiership is it is it too much of a handicap as in for the South African teams to give a good account of themselves and qualify for Europe this year this season have they now because they're obviously not coming back to week five is it too much of a handicap against them well, we know, like, I don't know if you know, but like, there is this shield system, mm. which is going to cause issues at the end of the season. But effectively, the top side in each shield qualifies for Europe. So you will have at least one South African side that qualifies. Yeah. And then it's the top, the next top four. You just, yeah. you just kind of hope that, for say the URC's case, that those top four sides are all in the top eight. If, if you end up with a side in tenth. Like it's European qualification, that can be an issue. And also, what happens with that South African side that does play in Europe? So, do they have to play in Europe? Is that the agreement? So they go and get Toulouse, we'll say. Yes. So their home fixtures are in Europe. That I'm not a hundred percent clear on. I, you would like imagine it, you would imagine they'd have to be though, wouldn't you? Um, but surely if they say say it retreats. This season's a bit different. It's that big pool that they did last year as yeah. well. It's two big pools. It's a bit strange. I'm not a huge fan of it. But look, if it reverts to type, it's got to be home and away. Especially if you top your group, you've got to get a, the benefit of a home semi-final. I suppose, t- yeah, with those fixtures, it's two weeks typically between each fixture, yeah. isn't it? Like so. Yeah. Look, look, it's a hell of a flight. It's 13 hours, say, to, to Johannesburg or whatever. But in terms of TV times, it's kind of perfect because it's an hour earlier in it like uh, there's an hour in the time difference basically with Dublin and London say and South Africa so yeah, you can have your lunch for one fixture and you'll be on dinner for the second exactly it's perfect um, okay I'm going to jump to the bottom of the pack of cards here Munster are they back back to what back to the glory days well, Zebo's back in the side <laughs> Ben Healy has kicked Carberry out um, Craig Casey is like a, a stick of dynamite. Steinman's oh Jesus, he's going through men for no one, like like no one's business. 
Lot are they are they back to European challengers? Uh, I don't I don't know. And the simple fact is, they were the bookie's second favorite for the title. They've kind of always been thereabouts. If you look back over the history, we kind of I did this for kind of I knew this question was coming. They've not finished anywhere outside of the top four since to, since well I only went back as far as 2016 2017. They've always been in the top four, so they generally do quite well domestically. So. There's another question coming, which I think will kind of pave the way for answering for that. But cautiously, they, they look good. They they be disappointed with the first half showing against the Stormers, and the Stormers I thought were very good in the first half. And um, there was a lot of errors though in, in once a lot of unforced errors, like that new rule about pre-binding before the engagement and stuff. Like they got pinged two or three times for that, which it's a new law; it should be fresh in everyone's mind and stuff. So. Look, a few unforced errors in the first half. Very good in the second half for Munster, but there'll be concerns about that. Bonafide, you had a bit of a smirk there. What did you did you have an opinion on Munster? No, I think they're all right actually. They're like I'm not a big fan of Munster, but like they've got a they're a nice side at the minute, aren't they? Craig Casey's yeah. unreal as well. Like I like he's quality. There's a, there's a, there's a you few... kind of be jealous about like him playing. Like why are you playing down there? Like because he's from down there. <laughs> I think they did try to poach him at some stage, but like, seriously, like, get your get your act together and come up there and play in blue. Don't be, no need for that. <laughs> ah, he wouldn't fit the shirt. Um, <sighs> okay, so what has the first two weeks or the two rounds taught us about Irish rugby as a whole so far? Because obviously we've a um, really important in, um, international window coming up. Um, it's, we've read there's a November international. It's not an international window, okay? No, it's an international getting, window. Okay, right. Um, yeah. I've kind of banged this drum. I've kind of banged this drum for a long time, so you probably won't be surprised to hear this if you've listened to any of our podcasts. But central contracts are yeah. great for provincial rugby, but I have strong reservations about their benefit to us in developing a good national squad. We'll always put a fifteen on the park that will be relatively competitive. I guess unless you're playing like the All Blacks, let's just say for example, it would be relatively competitive. But I just have strong reservations about, like, like I, I think a point to touch on is like, generally speaking, it's Leinster or Munster one or two, it's Ulster three, and then it's Connacht four, and it kind of has mm-hmm. been that way for the last say twenty years. That's largely because of the school systems. So, yeah. the Leinster competition is arguably strong at the present anyway, and then the Munster and Cork and Limerick second, then it's Belfast, and then look, Connacht's trying to get there, it's just not getting there. So arguably. Leinster and Munster have the pick of the 18, 17 year olds in the country. Arguably, let's yeah. just say that for argument's sake. But the problem is they come into a huge club with star names and they just don't get the game time. They're going to get less of that game time with this new structure that's designed to avoid international breaks. The structure of the URC is that you, you're always in a position, barring injury, to get your best names on the pitch. Because they want to be this global brand. That's the lofty ambitions anyway. So... I do think potentially we're coming to a time where the central contracts that have served us so well in developing rugby in this country, probably now we need to look at loosening the grip and allowing allowing Ben Healy to go play in the English Premiership. Allowing Luke McGrath to go play in France. Allowing... And, and Madigan is a perfect example. He, when he left, he should have been still kept on in the Irish setup. Like Zebo as yeah. well and Rassing, like. Go and play abroad, become a better player, come back for the international window. 
Zebo was a man for me actually just while you, while you said him there that when he went to France to me he seemed like he was losing a touch a little bit gaining a little bit of weight but he's come back to Munster okay he's, he's not playing 80 minutes a game fine but he looks electric yeah, absolutely which living that French diet living that French <laughs> diet of wines baguettes and uh, croissants uh, croissants but but I do think it, it, it broadens your horizons like it's the same for an English Premier League player like if they've if, if if a young English player like you look at all these young English players that looks probably not less as big a deal now but a lot of them like your Sancho's that went to Germany and there was a number of them pl- playing their trade in Germany as opposed mm. to waiting in the wings at City where they're not going to get in development it's kind of a similar situation I do think we need to loosen the grip a bit and let them kind of head on out okay and finally for you this last crunch um, star performers at this point either individual or team sides of, I wasn't sure if it was sides or players so I did a bit on both um, oh, some boodle <laughs> so obviously look on beating sides Leinster Ulster Munster Benetton um, seemed to have carried on that Rainbow Cup form did a brilliant win against Edinburgh I don't know if anyone's seen that the 40 metre drop goal to, mm-hmm. to snatch the day against Edinburgh they're managed by Marco uh, Bartolome so anyone who is familiar may remember that man in the second row for Italy Probably not like the star name of a Parise in Italian sides that were getting pumped, but was a dogged enough player and he kind of seems to have been captured all that is Benetton in Benton. Obviously, Monte Iwani is going, I was going to pick up Troyes as well. He's electric as well. And then the Ospreys as well. So so they had kind of, they're, they're two from two as well. And then on a f- side note, a side that lost in week one, Clinetley have an electric backline. An electric backline. Steph Evans, brilliant to watch. They've obviously Jonathan Davis coming back as well. He's kind of looked a bit slow. The hamstring was a bit tight, but I think they can pose issues for a lot of sides. They've been an absolutely electric backline. Before we wrap up, just a question for around the houses. Um, and I love this one. The Sasquatch knows I love this one. Autumn Internationals. Ireland's starting 10 and second choice 10. Who are they? Oh. Um, I think you start Freddie Barnes and you've no plan B because you'd love to hear that wouldn't you no I'm joking uh, <laughs> oh I just got sick I think Johnny Sexton um, I, I think Jack Carty deserves a second chance in the 10 shirt um, probably it's be interesting to see who can win that battle um, between Ben Healy and, and Joey Gary we know obviously Joey Gary wasn't great on the weekend and Ben Healy did definitely steam to, to step up um, he was the game changer, wasn't he? Really, like, yeah, give, give or take. Well, I'd argue Jack Donahue and, and Gavin well, Coombs. Uh, Gavin uh, Coombs really. Scarlet's like playing Munster this weekend. Look. I'd like to see that. Like, Scarlet's Munster. I'd like to make a decision after that, maybe on Sunday. Yeah, but you got to, if you have to nail your colours for the mass, we're playing New Zealand. Who's your who's your starting and who's on the bench? Johnny starting. It's a silly question. Um, on your bench Johnny against that game. Isn't Johnny well, they're starts. gonna bring they're gonna bring in three. It's gonna be Johnny's gonna be one of the three. Then you have to. I think everyone would like that little bit of maturity to see from Jack Carty. I think he probably makes it. Whether he makes the bench in every game is another question. I think. But I think we've seen all we're gonna see in Rossburn. I do think we brother give the brother a look. Give the brother a look, but like, why is the brother not getting a look at Leinster? Really, I suppose is the next question. Really, that's another question entirely. Um, but they're, prob- they're probably going to bring Carby out of pure out of they, they feel uh, there's this weird thing about and I know we're elongating the point here but the IRFU seem to think that they owe something to Carby it, that's the way it always comes like 
it seems that way like he gets it added because we feel like we owe him something and we we don't um he's soft so yeah <laughs> just bars him at the end of the pod <laughs> from from good. my couch from my couch joey carberry you are soft um <laughs> yeah. i can see the there's a quick tomorrow quick last one just to draw on. i did just kind of scribble down a few players i'll just draw yep. them all out um connor uh so connor mac hansen look electric against um the bulls brilliant try the Ospreys, quick shout out to Garrett Anscombe. Two years out with injuries back, kicked them to victory against the Cardiff Blues, kicked all 18 points. Munster, there's a few, obviously Gavin Coombs or whatever, but keep an eye, probably a personal one here. Uh, Keenan Knox, he is a South African, but he's a tight head. I thought he was brilliant against the Stormers. Ringrose looked good in week one. I haven't watched that Gwent Dragons game because I've seen the score. I was away and I was like, I'm not watching that. Low lights of that. And Ulster, Craig Gilroy has looked okay. Over, over the previous two weeks so keep an eye on him as well see how he develops he could he could force his way into the Irish panel I'm not saying a starting side but into the Irish panel for the uh, Autumn Internationals which you can catch live on RT2 um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be some power play very good Sasquatch thank you very much well researched nice. well done thanks. thanks very much for the questions so I suppose moving on the favourite segment of the week in partnership with our affiliate members our affiliate partner sorry usasports.co.uk NBA is just around the corner NFL's kicked into full flow you may fancy a jersey click the link in the podcast description and browse the wide variety of stock they have in hand um, so gentlemen this week's have you seen this any honourable mentions before we get to no too giddy the, about this one this one's too good too giddy about oh, this one okay. I think everyone yeah, yeah, I think everyone's probably seen it now, but I think this goes out tomorrow morning, which is Wednesday. Um, so obviously the Jacksonville Jaguars are struggling. They play on Thursday night. They go four and zero. Urban Meyer, his first year back with the Jacksonville Jaguar Jaguars, goes down to a again back down to a college game, and he's he's videotaped in some fairly promiscuous and kind of uh, unflattering position non-flattering positions with women who aren't necessarily his wife uh, or aren't necessarily in his uh, age bracket age bracket let's just say <laughs> yeah um, we'll throw up the link to the video the Minuteman off Barstool Sports there's a brilliant kind of take and, and look the, there is a conspiracy theory of flowing with this that the USC job which is one of the highly coveted college jobs is up for the uh, is up for the picking it's it's, it's cringy um, and then the the the, the post event speech, I suppose, was probably not a great look either. He meant like it's just terrible. Um, Can, who's the owner of the Jags, has come out and blasted him. Players have blasted him that he he'd lost the dressing room even before this. Urban Meyer could be back in college football where he is a god. Let's just mention a lot sooner than uh, Black Monday. It's obviously the final the Sunday after or the Monday after sorry the final regular season weekend uh, and it, dad it, yeah it's just I don't understand the whole the jobs in, in college football seem to be more coveted than an NFL job it's strange like it's an and, easier and, sell though like, it's an easier sell best crop of, of high school players like that all that talent just gets pulled out in the NFL like you there's no salary cap. You just stockpile it. Like you're basically putting out a dream team every week. Like, 
And you do yeah. that, like, if you can do that for five years, like, all three-year quarterbacks, like, your starting quarterback could be a five-star recruit. The fella on the bench could be the five-star recruit, like, from the class after. Like, just, yeah. it just keeps rolling. But yeah, it's, why it's, Why was he, is, is that why he wasn't good enough, or, sorry, I don't say wasn't, because he's still with the Jags, but is that why he isn't good enough for the Jags? Because he doesn't have that... His ability. skill is recruiting, like, some of those boys really have a knack for... For recruiting. Like, and then it's offensive coach. Just, like, selling these coach, kids a dream, like, you want yeah, to get like, some Hey Johnny, you hey Johnny, you want to see the new Air Jordans, huh? You want some Air Jordans? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, oh, look, and then I think too as well, you've got to bear in mind it's it's college. People are a little bit more excited than I'm working a nine to five. Um, I'm missing my kids' dance recital. I'm here to watch this game, so do something for me. As opposed to a hundred thousand twisted drunk. 21 year olds do you know what I mean I think it's a yeah, better environment <laughs> and they're smaller they're smaller areas like if you look at Florida it's uh, Gainesville you look at Clemson you look at Auburn you look at Alabama they're kind of smaller areas like one of the huge um, one of the huge college programs was not huge but in terms of fan base Nebraska mm. there's no professional sports team in the state of Nebraska and they're taking over Dublin next year, aren't they? They're playing Wisconsin in the Aviva. Those tickets go on sale rather soonish. I do think it would be worth worth a watch. They're but, uh, very expensive. But yeah, um, yeah it, it, it's crazy. And but the the mad thing about the whole scenario is this video will go down so well with college fans. They will want him at their college because of it. Do you know what I mean? It's it's yeah. a weird kind of <laughs> it's a weird, weird kind of thing. All the college fans weird, will want him because of that video. Up. Like it's a weird get up. Um, Plus, anyone that's kind of looking for Urban Meyer to come up with a job, they they kind of know what he likes. So the, this is a sell. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but look, we're all going to hell. Yeah. Um, all with Ole. That's all for me. It's all for me. That is all for me. Thank you and good night.